0: I'm glad we're together today in this space. Uh, my name is Mark Cummins, and I'm the pastor at Church of Hope. And if you're a regular attender, welcome. So glad that week after week we join together in this space. And if by chance this is your first time, I'm really glad that we're beginning our friendship today. Uh, understand that this broadcast literally goes around the world for. Free. See, we believe that life's at its best when people discover hope in Christ. There are people who give generously so this broadcast can be reached across every continent. If you've never given, I would invite you today to give. You can go to our webpage, hopeinocala.com, and drop down on the giving bar and give a one-time gift, or You can give generously beyond just today. And if God's blessed you, help us as we give hope around the world. But for now, I want you to open up your heart and your mind. Let Jesus speak to you, because what I believe is that when we open up our minds and let Jesus speak to us, life doesn't become perfect and all the problems don't go away, but you experience his presence in you, with you, and for you. Open up your heart. Let Jesus speak to you today. Peace. It's been good to sing together. You can have a seat. You know, we say nothing else, like nothing else. I, I, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me in voice and in verse. I, I want the Spirit to guide me. <clears throat> nothing else. I, I, I really want the Holy Spirit's assurance. Like, I don't wanna walk through life limping, doubting. And like, I, I, I really want to believe that the Holy Spirit is the calm in my storm. But then there's this thing called construction on the road we call life. You know, those orange barrels that tell us construction ahead and there's a, a detour, so you, you detour this way in your 20s and maybe it's in your 30s or well-established in your career or you thought you were headed towards retirement. And, and you kept waiting for the sign of the detour to get you back on the road of life. But it just seems to be one storm after another, another, another. Storm. You know, those unmet expectations. The complications in this thing we call a career and the way sometimes it goes well and sometimes, well, not so much. The mess that's in the thing we call marriage. And maybe you're still waiting, potentially, is there a significant person that I could do life with? Got the kids. It's a political year. I mean, just a lot of chaos. And I wonder this morning, now, if you haven't leaned in and started following Jesus, I get why this might not connect fully. But to those of us who would say, yeah, we're followers of Jesus. Is it possibly, potentially, with all the hard work that we're trying to keep our lives organized, we're trying to hold things together, The burdens just seem to mount one after the other. Is it possible that we've actually missed the words of Jesus? Jesus says this in John chapter 14, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Like Jesus is getting ready to go. He's been hanging with the disciples Man, they saw the miracles. They're there on the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, life's like good. They're like, man, we're, we're all in on this Jesus guy. And then he says, hey guys, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. I'll come back for you. They're like, wait, 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 what, what, what? You leaving? I, 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 I don't know about that. Can you almost picture that moment, right, where a little child and mom or dad perhaps is leaving the house and they don't want mom or dad to leave and they put their arms around <laughs> their leg, and they put their little feet on top, of dad's foot, right? And they're kind of holding on and dad's like, I've got to go to work, right? Kind of a, kind of a thing. They're, they're working out. But then Jesus circles back. He says, guys, guys, listen to me. I'm gonna talk to my dad and my dad is gonna give you another advocate, a counselor, a coach, someone who will stick with you, stand up for you, speak up. For you. He'll always be with you right along your side. Later, the Apostle Paul is looking back at those words, and I think he pins this in Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit speaks in our weakness. Now, for just a moment, let's just stay there because most of us, we do not Instagram our weaknesses. This past Monday when whatever the bug is going around caught me, I did not Instagram a photo of my nose from here to Georgia filled with snot. (laughs) That wasn't the picture I wanted you to have, nor did I take a picture next to my bed. There was a pile almost as tall as Mount Rushmore of used Kleenexes. I didn't take a picture and say, hey everybody, look at my weak nose, snot everywhere. We've been taught since we were young, you gotta cover that weakness up. You you want to have the appearance of strength. And that's not just like in the workplace. That's in our everyday following Jesus place. Go back, Romans 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, my weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Could we just pause this morning and out loud say, hey, hey, Apostle Paul, thank you, your honesty. Like of the 27 books in the New Testament, this dude wrote 14. He's an apostle, he's seen Jesus and he raises his hand and says, I don't know how to pray. I need somebody to help me out. And if the Apostle Paul don't know how to pray, hello, I don't know how to pray at times. And this gift, this promise of the Holy Spirit who will show up and become an advocate for us. But you know how it is. It's like, oh, but, but, but you know, if, 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 my, if I would pray better, if, if I would behave myself if, if I wouldn't get caught up maybe in that addiction or, or, or if, if I didn't give in to that temptation, then God would hear my prayers better. If, if, if I would just organize my life just a little bit better, I think we've become so burdened and so busy we have forgotten this incredible promise, this gift that Jesus gives us the advocate who intercedes for us when we don't know what to do don't know how to pray he knows exactly what to do but somewhere i'm just telling you somewhere along life's way we learned ain't no one coming to your rescue You made your bed, now you gotta lie in it. Next morning, you gotta get up, you make it or not, but you gotta lie in it And that next day, and next week, and next month, and next year, and over, and over, and over, and over. And you're gonna have to learn how to stand up for yourself. And as Christ followers, this incredible life of having God in us, what got lost, is we have an advocate. We have the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us, who wants to stand up for us. But we've all had experiences. Your experience might be different than my experience. Many of you are too young to know, but those of you who grew up in the 1970s, my favorite toy G.I. Joe. I had the G.I. Joe dog tag edition. Dog tag activated voice. I had the G.I. Joe dog tag activated voice beard G.I. Joe. Flint, Michigan. In that little neighborhood, there were boys a lot bigger than me. And they ripped off my G.I. Joe dog tag, voice activated edition, bearded G.I. Joe's head. And I was convinced that my dad was gonna be my advocate. And that's not at all what I learned on that day. You know what I'm talking about that criticism, how you were compared to how others acted. So you determined right there, I've gotta be my own advocate. I'm I'm, I'm gonna do everything's right. I'm gonna do things perfect and do things in order. Never criticize me again. As a kid, you saw all the chaos around you, in your home, wherever it might be. And so you knew, you learned, I've gotta be my own advocate. It's cray cray around here. So you have spent your life trying to make everybody else happy, everybody else okay, Then you'll take care of you. They told you, you would never be successful. You didn't have what it takes. And so you determined that you would be driven, you would achieve and you would win. No one's gonna stand up. No one's gonna see my potential. Fine, I'll do it for myself. Yeah, you've made a joke about how they made fun of you. body shaming and all the other things. And nobody at that table, nobody said, hey, listen, don't listen to them, what they're saying. No one said, hey, why, why don't you just shut up? And so you turned inward and you discovered, listen, I've got to be my own advocate. I've got to be my own protector. No one. And then they profiled you. They looked at you, sized you up and down, your gender, color of your skin. And no, no, no one said, hey, listen, wait, time out. That's not how we roll. Well, everybody's created in God's image. We're, we're not going to play that game at all. And so you said, okay, I'll be my own advocate, I'll protect myself, I'm going to set up boundaries. I'm gonna learn things, understand things. I'm gonna know everything, and I'm never, ever, ever gonna have to ask anything of anybody. I gotta protect myself. And then in this room and online, there's trauma, there's abuse. I mean, it cuts you from your skin all the way into the core of your heart. And so you decided no one was there to protect you, stand up with you, so you're gonna just work hard and make sure everybody else is safe around you and create this environment and this bubble so that that kind of trauma and that kind of hurt and pain can never happen again. And in the one time, right, when you finally tried something, Remember that time? And man, they just made fun of you. They laughed at you. They said, How could you have done something so stupid? I can't believe it. Look at you. You're, you're, you're never going to be anything. And boy, you shrunk to the back of the room. And you felt unsafe. And you're like, I'm, I, I got to just make sure everybody else is happy. I've got to be the cheerleader, make, make sure everybody's just okay. And then <clears throat> I'll be. Okay. <clears throat> and then perhaps the deepest of pains is that betrayal. A person that you trusted, maybe even in a spiritual space. Of all spaces, you should be able to trust this pastor or this priest or this rabbi, th- this spiritual person, this coach, this teacher. But they took advantage of you. You extended the trust on the front end. You worked hard. And the manipulation. No one stood up. No, no, no one offered any protection. No advocate. And so you said, I will take control of everything I will show up with energy and power. I will never, ever allow another person to betray me again. And then there are some of us in this room, we know what it's like to be overlooked, to be devalued, ridiculed. And so we made a choice, listen, status quo. I just don't want to be seen by anybody. I just want to kind of go through life. I will minimize my dreams. I will marginalize my goals. I will silence my voice. I will minimize my life on the screen. And now here we are. It's not that we don't believe in God, because we do. We do. The challenge is somewhere along the line. An advocate wasn't there with us, didn't speak up for us, didn't come alongside of us. We, we, We really didn't understand why would God allow this to happen. And so from that moment on, we have been working so hard, so diligently to be our own advocate. And no wonder, many of us really don't understand what the joy-filled Christian life is. It feels like really hard and burdensome. And no wonder many of our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends on our campuses, like it's like, man, no thanks, you can keep that Jesus church stuff to yourself. No wonder so many people don't wanna believe. What if this morning we just refreshed ourselves once again of the words of Jesus. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, to those of us who are Christ followers, you know him, do we? Do you? Would you just dream what it would feel like to walk off this campus today and every place you go this week, no matter what comes against you, there God is with you. The advocate, he's your counselor. He stands up for you. He speaks up for you. That's the way to live. That's like, yeah. Now the words of Paul begin to make a little more sense to us. It's not just Christian cliche. It's not just like Christian words on an art uh, in our house on a wall down the hall. Notice Romans 8. And the Holy Spirit helps in our weaknesses. There it is again. Jesus told the disciples then, he tells us now, listen, you ain't got what it takes to live the Christian life. No, no, you, you don't, I don't, we don't. That's why he says, I'm gonna give you the advocate. That's why he told the disciples, eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, dudes, you go to Jerusalem, you hang out there. Don't you think about going out there and trying to be Christians in everyday life until when the Holy Spirit comes and invades you. I wonder how much of our Christian life we're really trying to do in our own strength we've forgotten. God gave us a trainer, a coach, a counselor, a guide, a protector to come alongside us. And the Holy Spirit in our weakness, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Many of you right now are praying, you're not, God, I don't know. What am I supposed, where am I supposed to go? How do I do this? Where do I go? This? What about this? Is this the direction? Is that direction? There's crossroads. There's storms. What? what I, I, I'm not sure. And you're putting all that burden on yourself and you get a piece of paper out and you draw a line and you put pros and cons and you're trying to figure it all out. Where what we have been given is the Holy Spirit prays for us with our groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. He's setting us up. God's will doesn't have to become a mystery. It's kind of like, hello, uh, do I stay? Do I go? Get, Get married? Don't get married? Stay in this marriage? New marriage? What am I supposed to do? When we understand, we don't know, the Holy Spirit guides us. He prays God's will into our life. Now look at verse 28. Now it makes sense. Now all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord. And it all started with our weaknesses. It all started with this thing that we're trying to be our own advocate. We're, stri- we're trying to puff ourselves up. We'll be perfect. We'll be in control. We'll lay- be laid back. We're trying to be the advocate. The reason Romans eight hasn't meant a lot to us is we forgot verse 26. It's the spirit of God that turns all things into the good. And hear me, man, I am really sorry. No one stood up for you. I have limped through most of my life in this pain place. My dad's in heaven and I love him. a lot of times as a little boy, I learned very early and then they didn't stop choosing to go into the Marine Corps, (laughs) I learned you you better be in control, Cummins, because you do not want the gunnery sergeant in control of you. And then I step into a faith relationship with Jesus. Things happen really fast. And all of a sudden, I've stepped into a church role. And certainly in a church role, as a pastor, you better show up with some strength because everybody's expecting you to be the pastor on the stage who's got it all figured out. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this human thing of feeling alone, being marginalized has happened. That at the lunchroom table, nobody spoke up for you. At recess, nobody picked you you were the kid right it's kickball and, and you know the two strong boys you know they got to be captains and he picked her and he picked him and da, 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 and got down to you at the end right and remember what they said oh oh you can have him what happened in the locker room when you went home and shared with your parents what he did on prom night and the lecture that you got back The pain in the marriage, pain in a experience in a church. Hey, I'm just saying out loud, it's time for something to change in us. It's time for us to go back and remind all of us that Jesus loves us and he gave us the Holy Spirit as our advocate who intercedes and guides and fills and directs. He's with us every moment of every day. The Holy Spirit isn't a cool moment on Sunday morning with a fog machine, the lights just right, and your hands lifted up. The Holy Spirit is with you on some crazy traumatic Tuesday, on some Wednesday where the worry is about to crush you, on Friday when your faith is non-existent. That's where the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is. That's what I want. Why would we want to settle for anything less? That's why. Jesus says in John 16, back to the conversation with the boys. It started in John 14. He's talking, he's communicating, and then he says, guys, listen, I'm telling you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the protector, the guide, the counselor, he's not coming. And then we learn in Corinthians, don't you realize to us who are followers of Jesus, that the Spirit of God lives in you. So, that pressure and that stress and that worry and that anxiety and all the things that you're trying to control in life, this morning, would you be willing to lean back and say, I want nothing else? but his presence. I'm not looking for a blessing. I'm tired of playing the games. I want Jesus, not what he can do for me. I just want his presence. I want the presence and the power of the spirit of God in my everyday ordinary life because that's what humanity is thirsty for. Humanity is not thirsty for another sermon. Although this is a sermon, but my hope is in this moment, you are discovering that you have the power of God living in you to guide you and direct you and fill you in all things. Back to that chaos, that chaos that's in your own brain, those voices that talk back to you. The hardest work I do, training for an Ironman right now. So yesterday I'm, I'm out on Santos Trail, 50 mile bike ride. Jumped off the the bike and went on a nine-mile run. Two-mile swim just for giggles on a Saturday afternoon. And you might think that's hard. That's easy compared to all of the junk that's up inside my brain all the voices, all of the things that I'm trying to control, all the hurts and the pains and the sorrows, all of the things that we can be anxious and worried about, what's going wrong in the world that's in front of me right now. I want to try to illustrate this in two ways and then create some space for us this morning to pivot back to taking a song and becoming an anthem in our life. Most of you in this space would say, when it comes to the way that the world began, would say that you believe in creation. You believe in the literal biblical book of Genesis creation account. And I would say that I agree with you. It was interesting a couple of weeks back. Remember, we looked at Genesis chapter one and verse two, and we see that it is the spirit of God that is hovering over all the darkness. Before God began creating, before God created the light and he creates the sky and all the animals and the earth, it is the spirit of God that's hovering over the chaos of creation. What do you mean by chaos of creation? Well, we know, because God hasn't asked us to check our brains in, God created everything. We know that all of the helium the hydrogen, the protons, the atoms, the neurons, the heat expansion of matter, the cold constriction, the quantum physics and quantum mechanic, all of the moving pieces and parts all are together. And it's the spirit of God that's hovering over all that chaos of creation. In verse number two, But then starting in verse three, the Holy Spirit is the calm of creation and begins taking the chaos and calming it and creating it in day one, in the light. In day two, day three, day four, and you begin to see all the earth matter coming together, and you begin to see the the oceans and the land, all this chaos that was bumping in, and it was pushing and exploding and turning. The the Spirit of God is the calm. I want you to see this, because you can miss it. In creation, all of the chaos of matter that God collides, creates together together that we enjoy as the sun and the moon and the stars and the fish that swim in the ocean and the birds that fly in the air and every animal that crawls on the earth and walks. And then finally on day six, he creates us. The calm in that storm, the creation of God. You understand at that moment there was no disease. In that moment, when he created the trees, right, when he created the trees, no pollen. No, no wild dogs in the streets of Ocala chasing you early in the morning to eat you because you're just trying to go for a run. No addictions. Nobody wrestling through, oh I just need I just need it. No, I know I'm not I, I just I I, I just, no 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 I, the calm, no betrayal, no diseases, no abuse, no rehabs, no hospitals, because the spirit of God is the calm of creation. But then, Genesis chapter 3, the ultimate chaos, sin. Bible says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and she ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened. I mean, literally all hell broke loose. They realized they were naked. They saw their discrepancies, covered themselves up. And human sin is the chaos of the world that we now live in. And we're trying, right? We're trying really hard to behave better, to to pass laws, to say who can come into a country, who can't come into a country, and which political party compared to another political party. And if someone would behave like this, and someone would have a HOA like this, and we're trying to control everything to try to make this world better. And we have forgotten that Jesus has given us the Spirit of God as our advocate, counselor, That's why Jesus says, I've told you all these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble trying to to protect it, trying to figure it out, trying to promote yourself, trying not to let anybody see what's really like on the inside of you, continuing all over and over. uh, uh," And understanding he's overcome the world he's given us his spirit who is the calm of your storm. Let me see if this makes sense to you. In James chapter one, it says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, so let's just pause for a second. Picture your trouble in your mind right now. There's something troubling you. When it comes your way, For the most part, those of us who would say that we're followers of Jesus, we wig out no different than the rest of the world. We try to control, fix it, numb it, stuff it, cover it. Notice the difference. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Do we? Do we really see that moment as great joy? Of course not. Why? Because one more time I got to step up for myself. One more time I got to protect myself. One more time I got to project myself. One more time I got to kind of control my family or control things at work. This ain't joy. This is wearing me out. What if you stop playing God today? What if you you just left today and said, you know what, I'm not God, oh my goodness, revelation. I'm gonna tattoo it on my chest. Mark's not God. What if we really let God be God? And I'm not just talking about Sunday. This is good, I'm glad we're together. But guess what, there's Mondays. Maybe you didn't realize that. Sunday's the easy day, hanging out. Man, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, even Sunday, things this afternoon. Man, get out on 200, trust me. It'll get messed up. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Do you you know why I did all that dumb stuff yesterday over at Santos Trail? 50 miles on the bike, nine miles running two miles, swimming. uh, There's not two miles to swim on the Santos Trail, in case you're wondering. That's over it fast. It's because on April 6th, I'm going to California and I'm going to have a race in the Pacific Ocean. I'm going to dress up in a wetsuit, look like a seal, and great white sharks are going to find me. (laughs) See how fast I can swim. I'm preparing for a moment. The challenge yesterday, the stress yesterday is preparing me for a moment. I know, you, I know it's stressed, I know it feels heavy, but you don't have to be your advocate. The Holy Spirit wants to be your advocate. Here's the big idea. Here's what I'm learning at 58. And oh, how I wish I knew this. Decades ago God, the Holy Spirit Is moving me From a hope so To a hope no Relationship God's presence is enough most of my life i've hoped so yeah i I hope so it works out i hope so the marriage i hope so people come i hope so people give i hope so this message works out i hope so my marriage i hope so my kids let me tell you there's a big difference between hope so and hope no i know of who i have believed and i know that i don't have to be my advocate no more Doesn't minimize the human pain and loss when someone didn't stand up, speak up, show up for you. But when you walk and you begin to understand that you have the spirit of the living God as your advocate, as your counselor, I'm telling you, you move from hope so to hope no. James goes on, he says this. He says, do not waver, this is the the challenge, For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty, watch this, is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. I know you love God. I love God. But I'm telling you, Kind of like a cowboy, I've been trying to, hello, partner. I got God, I got my strength. I got me some God, I got me my education. I got me some God, I got me my responsibilities. Here's what God says in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. It looks like this is the right thing. This is the responsible, this is the American way. This is how we were raised. I know it looks right. But following Jesus with a dual mindset is unstable. Notice what God said to the children of Israel in Exodus also to us. He says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong what if we would just pivot this morning and saying we are going to follow the Spirit of God as our advocate? Why? Because he is the calm in your storm. He was the calm in creation. and All those molecules are exploding and contracting. Watch this. He's the calm, the resurrection. You understand what we're gonna celebrate in a month? It's got nothing to do with Pretty dresses and photo ops and all the other kind of silly things we have turned Easter into. It's the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Watch Romans 8: And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, is he? It was the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. When you trust Jesus as your Savior, The Spirit of God inhabits you. He's in you. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Because Jesus came back from the dead, you can come back from anything. I don't care who didn't speak up for you, you can come back. I don't care who didn't show up from you, you can come back. I don't care what you smoked, what you snorted, who you slept with, how you identify yourself. I want you to know something. Because the spirit of Almighty God is your advocate, we come back from anything in this life and we come back for eternal life in Jesus Christ. This isn't some cute sermon. This is the only way to live our life. The Holy Spirit moves you from a hope so. I don't want you to have a hope so faith. I hope so it works out. I hope so the kids trust in Jesus. I hope so, I want us to live. Hope no, I don't care what's going on around me. I know who's in me, the presence and the power of God. The Spirit of God is my advocate. If God be for me, who could ever be against me? This is the only way to live. In this song that we sing about nothing else, it says, I'm sorry for the games. Let me just say this morning, in a moment we're gonna have an opportunity to respond. And there's a lot of us, have been playing a game with God. You play a game with God with your bitterness, with your unforgiveness, with your time, your cash. It's time as followers of Jesus that our hearts get overwhelmed. And we say, we're coming back to that beginning place. I'm not looking for what you can do for me. I just want your presence. I'm done playing God. I'm done being my own advocate. I'm done trying to protect myself, be a cheerleader. On this day, there is a line in the sand. Thank you. Being together in this space today is really good. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you today to start following Jesus. It's not about your behavior. It's not about your church attendance. It's about the reality that Jesus is for you. God's not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. Would you right now pray this prayer with me? Hey God, it's me. I've sinned and I know it and I can't fix me. But today I receive you Jesus as my savior. I believe that you died on that cross for me and that you were buried for three days and then you became alive again. And I invite you into my life to guide me and direct me all the rest of the days of my life. And with that prayer, my friend, welcome to God's family. I'd like to continue our friendship. If you would email me, pastor at hopeinocala.com. I'll follow up with you, and together we'll celebrate Jesus in your life. Peace.